0: Hi, everybody. Welcome on in. Another episode of The Rambling Rabbi is coming at you. Looking forward to discussing some of the big stories in sports this week, as well as a thought for the week to carry us through. So I hope you'll stay a while. As always, appreciate your feedback. So stick around. We're going to talk a little bit about the NFL. A couple of stories there. We'll take a look at baseball, quick look at hockey. Also, we'll go across the pond, take a look at the Premier League, And the table. Hope you'll stay. Let's start here with a couple of stories from the National Football League. Not sure if anybody has seen a very long article, but really fascinating on Kabir Baja Biyamila, the former Green Bay Packer, great all time sack leader. And after his retirement, he joined a very hardcore. Christian, if that even stronger than the mainstream Christian belief, almost like a cult. And it is just a fascinating read um, about Kabir Baja Biyamila. And this actually started a long time before he even retired. This was going on during his tenure with the Packers, asking lots of questions from former players, players on the team, the pastors, etc. This was written by uh, Kaelin Kaler of uh, Sports Illustrated. It's in three chapters. Just phenomenal reporting and a very interesting article. And I want to talk about it because it really raises a question about what happens with players who crave and need the structure that sports provides them. And for many of these guys has been providing them for a long, long time, well before they make it to the National Football League. It's provided them with a certain structure they've needed in their life to be uh, productive and to stay focused since Pop Warner. Grade school, high school, college, these coaches mean so much more than just a coach to a lot of these players, many times they're father figure-like people in their lives. And it really raises the question, what's being done for these players during their career as they start to see the other side of the hill and are closer to retirement, how well are they being prepared for that? How well are they being set up for success? And not just from a financial perspective, but from a holistic perspective, their brain, their feelings, how are they thinking? How are they feeling? What is their emotional state, their psychiatric state? These are all things that need to be addressed To every single player, not just the superstars, but anybody uh, in the National Football League, this has to be addressed. When you read this article, you see the necessity that he had, Kabir, KGB had, for having someone who can really help guide him. And there are other former players part of this cult, if you will, and a couple of them, pun intended, are from the cults, actually. Robert Mathis and... um, Uh, Robert Moore, if I'm not mistaken, is the other. And it's really a worrisome trend if this is where players are going to be going into these places which offer a quote-unquote father-like figure with a very demanding attitude. And uh, if, God forbid, these are things that cause them to treat others such as women and children, in this case treating them like their property and worse off than that, It's a scary road for them to go down on, especially when you take into account CTE, which we can't know yet until after these players die, and then we get to take a look at their brain, but there's definitely an impact, literally, on their brain and the way that they think and the decisions that they make, even when they're long gone from the football field. So I would encourage you to read that. Article. It's on SI.com. You can find it if you go to the NFL tab. It's in three chapters, a fascinating read. I encourage you to read and it will make you think, ask some tough questions and decide for yourself. But I hope I'm wrong and that this is not a trend that starts becoming more and more with former players joining these kinds of groups, but rather they are given the structure they need in a more healthy way that they can continue to be productive and great citizens of this society, and they can continue to contribute a lot more than just their stats on the field, but as uh, whether they're fathers or parents or siblings, et cetera, being good people. Just a quick thought there. Another thing that's been interesting is, and I hope that football isn't going down the same route as the MLB. But a lot of players this past weekend blitzed, if you will, the NFL for ignoring player safety. And the NFL sent a memo to all the 32 clubs confirming when rookies will report quarterbacks and injured players, etc. But a lot of players, many powerful players in the NFL, such as J.J. Watt, Pat Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Richard Sherman, amongst a host of others, Brandon Graham, Stephon Diggs, Zach Ertz, just to name a few, who are really concerned because with all of the worries due with COVID-19, the NFL still hasn't given them the information they haven't even decided on a schedule. The NFL Players Association wants zero preseason games, and the NFL wants two preseason games. so they don't even have a schedule to be decided on yet. What about the frequency of coronavirus testing? What's the protocol if they come in contact with somebody who does test positive for COVID-19? They don't have any of these um, rules, regulations, protocols in place. And rookies are supposed to be reporting tomorrow to camp. So this is going to be very interesting going forward in the next month or so. Um, How does the NFL address these issues and put in place... Things that are going to make the players feel more at ease. You know they're very nervous, especially with the spikes going on in California, Arizona, Florida, and Texas. So there's got to be something that is put in uh, and a memo to all these teams and players, letting them know what's going to be happening with the schedule, with corona testing, etc. Do they have an opt out clause? Is there a protection if they can do that? The NFL officially said that they offered a proposal to the NFLPA, giving them until August first for these players to make a decision if they will want to play the season or not. But this is going to be a very interesting next couple of weeks, to say the least, because the NFL has to put something in play. Otherwise, these many of these players are not going to show up. They're just not going to do it, and for good reason, because there has to be some type of protocol that the NFL and NFLPA agree to where the players can say, all right, We're okay with this and let's go forward. Because if the NFL really fumbles this and goes the route of baseball where they're going back and forth, and it's not necessarily about the money like it was in MLB, but just taking so long to make a decision and get their season underway, it's not going to be good for the NFL. So that's going to be an interesting story to follow the next uh, couple of weeks and we will see where that goes. Move across the pond to the Premier League. Manchester United suffered a tough loss uh, in the FA Cup semi-finals. That was a big blow to them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they will finish out the rest of this Premier League as they lost to Chelsea three to one. Again, we mentioned this before, and it showed up again today. David de Gea, I think we're seeing the other side as he continues to slide as is only normal, even though he is has been for so long just a really, really, really great goalie. But uh, everybody starts to have to face the music at some point, and I think uh, United is seeing that with De Gea, and they're going to have to have a decision made with him coming up at the end of this season. Tottenham is rounding into form under Josie Mourinho, winning 3-0 against Leicester, and Leicester has been looking terrible since the restart. Right now... The way the table is set is Liverpool. Obviously, they've already won the Premier League. But you've got Man City, who looks to be definitely a clear second place. And then Chelsea at third, along with Leicester City and Man U. Chelsea is only one point ahead of Leicester and Manchester United. However, they have already played two more games. Um, I'm sorry, they've already played... 36 games as long as well as Man United. Leicester has played 37 games. So Chelsea has the leg up on Leicester City. Manchester United has the best shot of jumping to third. They needed to win their last one and they lost, which was a big blow to them. I still think that Man U will finish in the top four. Will they beat Chelsea? Well, they lost today to Chelsea in the FA Cup semifinal. I think we're going to see Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, and Man U to finish off the Premier League. At the top of that table. And I think it's going to be also interesting to see how Mourinho sits with Tottenham. Because he had similar success with Man United in the beginning. And everybody got excited. And then things started to fall off. So how long does the success continue under Mourinho for Harry Kane and Tottenham Hotspur? That will be interesting to see. Even if they have a strong finish at the end of this season... What happens next season, especially if Harry Kane is going to have um, offers to leave Hotspur? So that's going to be interesting to see. Let's go to baseball. Baseball is already underway. We already have uh, games happening. I think we're going to see a lot of good baseball, but I also think we're going to see a lot of a different kind of baseball in the sense of a lot of different Changes by managers, in-game um, players, you know, how how long are they playing? What positions are they playing? With only 60 games, managers are gonna have to make a lot of decisions much quicker than they usually have to in a regular season given the length of time. So that's something to keep an eye on. How long are these players out there? How long are they playing at that position? How often are they playing? at those positions that's going to be interesting to see with especially when you talk about a lot of these multi-positional players who can play anywhere between third short and second sometimes a little bit in the outfield and first base etc how often are these guys staying in their position and how often are they playing that's going to be something to watch as the MLB gets underway Hockey is going to be starting soon as well. Uh, There has been a little bit of an issue up there in the north in Canada with a couple of the stadiums, but hopefully they will get that uh, settled. And August 1st, uh, the NHL really gets uh, underway in earnest after some exhibition games. It's going to be like a March Madness, so I think for anybody who is a fan of sports, you will definitely appreciate, I think, the greatest postseason in sports, which is hockey, and we're going to get a lot of it, and a lot of it in a very short time. So... For all those who like to work, I would suggest having a second monitor uh, at work or at home because you're going to be glued to either the NBA happening, hockey happening, uh, very exciting sports that are going to be taking place. So it's going to be exciting as long as health-wise we don't have any um, pushback. So in a couple of weeks, we're really going to have a lot more to discuss as the games actually get underway And we won't be previewing anymore. We'll be talking about what's actually happening on the hardwood, on the diamond, and hopefully with uh, no setbacks, we'll also be able to talk about the NFL. Just one more thought on the NBA um, with Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. There was an article on Sports Illustrated as well, talking about how far can Luka take the Mavs this year, etc. We've said this a couple of times. This is really going to be an interesting postseason. There's no home court advantage. So this kind of setup really favors the teams that are lucky to be there, per se. The lower seated teams. Because this becomes, I wouldn't say an even playing court, because, for example, the Lakers or the Clippers have a deeper team. They have more talent. But a lot of that edge is gone with the, hard, uh, the home court advantage, excuse me, being gone. And there were some reports talking about how influential home crowds are when it comes to referees. So, this is going to really favor the bottom half of these teams getting into the playoffs, giving them a really legitimate shot to upset some of these higher seeded teams. So, with that being said, don't be surprised if Luca can do it. And again, we've seen players just take over a, a series and come out of nowhere even before they have established their superstardom. In fact, that's what helps them establish themselves as a superstar. And it's not like Luca's alone. Christoph Porzingis is a very good player, and they have some really good youth, and they have a great, great coach in Rick Carlisle. So not just the Mavericks, but in the East and the West, any of these teams are looked at as yeah you're just an eighth seed or seventh seed don't think like that when it comes to playoff times because that home court is gone which makes it a lot more even of a game and we're probably going to see some of these uh, quote-unquote upsets due to the fact that there is no true home court advantage which as a fan makes it even more exciting to watch because you truly don't know what's going to happen. The thought for the week as we begin a new book of the Torah, of the Chumash, the book of Devarim, Deuteronomy, which in a sense is a review of all that has happened as Moses in the last five weeks of his life gives the Jewish people a review, a rebuke, he gives them a prep speech, he gives them some excitement, he gives them everything that they're going to need as they get ready to enter into the land of Israel. And there's a really practical lesson that we learn from this idea. Doing something once isn't enough. Listening to something once isn't enough. Learning something once isn't enough. We've got to review, we've got to hear it again, we've got to learn it again, we've got to do it again. And that's for several reasons. First of all, as far as continuity and consistency, the more that we do, listen, hear, say anything, the more it becomes part of us. Especially when we're talking about something good, that's what we want it to be. We want to be creating good habits, saying good things, doing good things, being good moral, positive people. And that can happen only when we are doing those things over and over again. And so to create a certain habit and a consistency, it's important to review, it's important to learn again, to hear again, say again, do it and do it again. Another point is when you review something, you learn a lot more than what you may have the first time, especially when it comes to the Torah. We don't learn something once and say we have eh, remembered and learned all that there is from this passage or from this topic. The more that we learn something, the more that we discover, especially when it comes to times like this when we're in quarantine, coronavirus, And we try to see what can we learn from the Torah, what lessons can we take in times like these. Well, if we have only learned something once, it might be hard to see. But when we continue to do something again and learn it again and take a a deeper dive into the words that we have read, we learn even more and more. And we've been doing that for thousands of years. Every single year we start the Torah anew to learn it again, to see what insights we can glean from it in this year. And so I encourage everybody, as we get this week underway, if there's something that you've learned, but you found it interesting, go for it again. If there's something that you have learned that you didn't see it's interesting, give it another look. Maybe there's something that talks to you. And see what insights that you can take with you that make you uh, say, yep, I appreciate that. That's something I'm going to start putting into my daily routine or do it a little bit more often than I have. So wishing you all a good week. And we will catch you again next Sunday. Take care.